presentation of Sports Talk Radio. It's this man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the it's the horse sense of the guy. You know what? This is crap. We're gonna stop this. I can't stand it. Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker eight ten go. The Eggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Schools. Also's gonna take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. I beg your pardon? It's the full court press with Eric Franson and AJ Selvison. Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is, AJ, you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Donovan. Crossing over to the left, comes down the middle of the lane, cocks it, and blasts it home! Donovan Mitchell! Welcome back to Full Court Press, Eric France and Andre Salveson. That was a sweet dunk. You have to admit, that was a sweet dunk. Eric thinks we're going back to the NBA Finals, guys. I never said that. Eric thinks, oh, you don't have to. I just said that was a sweet dunk. I know you, Eric. You think we're going back to the NBA Finals now. There it is. Champions once again. Uh, hey, by the way, we got a couple texts from our Guild Mortgage text line. 435-339-0321 from our last hour. Uh, with Matt Gifford, a great interview. 9315, do, does the injury thing talk with about with Funk worry you at all? No, not really. I think it's if it's not lingering, we're good. Yeah, and I think Matt tried to make that clear. It didn't, doesn't seem like it's lingering stuff. Um Lots of players get injuries over the course of their career, um, but it doesn't seem like it's a, a, a back issue. <laughs> if it was a back, as we're going to hear from Brock Miller, how much that can be debilitating. Dude, that was crazy when he told us what he told us. Yes, uh, but I think that the injuries that he's had, that uh, Taylor Funk had, are addressable and shouldn't uh, adversely affect his avail- availability as long as they get addressed now. Uh, for how he could con- play and contribute to the Utah State Aggies this upcoming basketball season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, let's see here. Do you think Funk is going to be a better shooter than at the three than Brandon? Hope so. We'll find out. I don't know. Brandon was pretty good at UMBC, and then things tanked over here. So it's hard to say right now, to be honest with you. Well, it's how else does he – how is he used, right? Yeah. Is there somebody else in that low post? If there's somebody else in the low post – that could be a real a real difference. If if Odom's going to lean on Funk to be Justin Bean, which I don't think that's going to be the case. By the way, yeah, I don't I know that that's necessarily Odom's a little bit smarter work. than that. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, to say that you know as Bean developed an outside shot, but Bean would mix it up in the in the, in the low post and in sure. the paint. Doesn't yeah. I don't Taylor Funk is not that kind of a guy. 
Uh, if you're looking for Matt Gifford and his interview with uh, Eric and myself, it's on uh, 106 and the Fan Podcast. It's loaded up and ready to listen to. Uh, wait, though, after the show because we're going to have Brock Miller come up here, and I don't think you're going to want to miss that. Yeah, don't don't rush to go listen to that one just yet because you'll miss a great, great interview coming up with uh, Brock Miller here in just a little bit. Uh, he was gracious enough to come down here and spend some time with us earlier today, uh, so we did... He's not with us. He won't be with us live, but we were able to meet with him earlier today. Uh, really fascinating conversation about uh, just his career at Utah State, what brought him here, what kept him here, and um, just uh, yeah, some of his great memories of playing in an Aggie uniform. Yeah. A couple of the texts on their Guild Mortgage text line, 5634. Is Utah State still recruiting in the portal? Yes. I can with confidence say that. <laughs> yes. They absolutely are. Uh, 2305. He sounds like he's somebody that can be a consistent three-point threat, which is what we needed all year. Yeah, with Brock's injury, that hurt. I mean, teams knew that he had, was that had the threat of making a three, but uh, because of his injury, he just wasn't as, as reliable. So um, having somebody who is that reliable outside threat makes a big difference and uh taylor funk so he could definitely be that kind of a guy coupled with ashworth who is a better more consistent outside shooter you know, it is uh max shulga and sean Barstow. how much did they work on their outside shot because it was inconsistent but um yeah that's that's a nice addition for somebody who can sit out there and at that size draw an opposing big man out of the paint to, to uh, defend him and uh, if you can get another a good player in the post to complement that, that's a great weapon to have. Uh, and the other part to it, um, I, I think is that, like you got to build around the guy, right? You can't expect the one guy to be able to to bring it all in for you. Um, and he's not. And I think what you know, like Matt said, he's just he's not a guy who who can shoot, create and shoot on his own. He's going to have to be able to pick it off on a. On a curl, a screen, you know, be able to set his feet, then let go. But uh, I think if you can get him to help spread the floor a little bit, even as a big man, it's going to really, really help you. Six five four three. How much in the future will the transfer portal last? Uh, the transfer portal itself, forever. That thing's not going anywhere. I don't. It's killing. I'll I'll say this, and I've talked to coaches before about it. It's killing high school recruiting. I mean, there's a lot of high school kids that. You feel bad for because they worked their whole lives for this, but yet coaches are like, "Oh my gosh, this four-star guy is in the portal. We got to go after him." Oh, you know these guys, JC guys, are in the portal. We got to go after him. Um, right. It is established collegiate players. Yeah, are being recruited heavier than high school players. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, as we mentioned, the women's Final Four is happening tonight. Louisville versus South Carolina tipping off here shortly. Uh, there in Minnesota, uh, South Carolina uh, is had a nice run to the to the Final Four, beating uh, Howard, Miami, North Carolina, and Creighton. Louisville has defeated Albany, Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Michigan. As those two number one seeds will square off here shortly. And later tonight's number one Stanford and uh, number two UConn, two very storied programs facing each other uh, later on tonight, about 7.30 on ESPN. Uh, it'll, uh, Stanford beat Montana State, Kansas, Maryland, and Texas. 
while UConn's path to the Final Four, they went through Mercer, UCF, Indiana, and NC State. Uh, the championship game, by the way, for the women will be on Sunday at uh, 6 p.m. on ESPN. And they don't have to compete. Like, they've always had to compete with uh, opening day of baseball. It won't be an issue and this it year. It will not be the case this year. So, good for them. 2305, does anybody else think that we need to get more athletic basketball players than what we have? I I do, but I think we'll get there. Again, like, this this coaching staff had, staff had a, what, off season, half off season to recruit, to really, I mean, when they got here, it was late kind of in that recruiting season, and they were already kind of behind the eight ball. Now they got a full off season to get what they want, to go where they want, to look at who they need and who they want. I think that's really going to help Coach Oldham and his staff, and I trust him. Yeah. Yeah, Craig Smith took not only took guys who are already here, took with, uh, with him to Utah, but was also trying to persuade some of his recruits to go there. And so this coaching staff didn't have a heck of a whole lot of time to try to put something together. Because that, that hire was a little bit later yeah. than normal, too, yeah. for Craig Smith. Hey, really quickly, uh, you're talking about the women's Final Four. Eric, if South Carolina advances, Don Staley, the head coach for South Carolina women's basketball, would face either Coach Van Der- or Dervier or Gino Ariema, both who won a national title. Here's the avocado. The Gamecocks are currently 6-0 against national title-winning coaches this season. The other three teams, 6-0 or better in such games since 2000, all won the title. Wow. That's impressive, man. 6-0 against national title-winning coaches this season. Wow. That's impressive. It's awesome. Uh, tomorrow for the men, it's going to be number one Kansas versus number two Villanova. That's at 4 o'clock on TBS. And then the e- later game will be number two Duke versus number eight North Carolina at uh, about 6.45, 6.50, also on TBS. And as many games as those two teams have played each other, this is the first time... Duke and North Carolina will face each other in the Final Four. It, or in the NCAA tournament, I believe. They never face each other in the NCAA tournament. Really? Yeah. So first time they've ever met in March Madness. That's that's crazy to that's me. That's real crazy. Isn't it? Uh, 2305, how many openings are there on the basketball team? Uh, so one's been filled. You could say Horvath's spot's been filled, right? Bean, Miller... Uh, I don't know about guys who came off the bench that are leaving. I'm not sure about Dorius, who is currently engaged. I'm not sure what his plans are. I'm not sure where um, Zapala well, stands. Well, the bottom line is that Horvath is gone. Yes. That's a hole that needs to be filled. We now know that Brock Miller, his position will be open. He, he had another year of eligibility, but he's not going to use it. So really, definitively... We only know of two. Yep, that, that's a good that, way to put it. That's just the best way to put it. Yeah. Because I don't want to speculate about who might or might not be sure, here. Sure, I, I get There's you. There's a few other guys who might choose to uh, – well, Justin Bean is the other one, I should say. So there's three. Uh, there's three def- definitive spots that are open. Other guys have a year of eligibility that they can choose to, to come back or choose to be done uh, or transfer away. And uh, so far – we only know of three definitive openings at Utah okay. State. So let's do this. Let's call it an earlier than normal timeout. Give me a give me a thirty. I want to get to uh, this really really interesting interview that we had with Brock Miller earlier today, talking about his you know, career at Utah State, what brought him here, some great memories that he has here, uh, learning from different coaches, and uh, what life is going to be like after basketball 
for Brock. So that's coming up next here in the Full Court Press. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove. 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Your team's in the locker room ready to get out there and play to win, but you see a player you don't recognize. They're wearing your jersey and even know your coach's name, but who are they? Would you let this stranger look at your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing attacks work. In 2020, the number of phishing attacks against businesses doubled compared to the previous year. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here. And uh, we, we've spoken to Brock Miller before. Uh, we've, we've had him on the phone, but he's generous enough to spend some time with us here in the studio uh, he's uh, made some news earlier this week announcing his retirement from basketball. He had an extra year of eligibility, but calling it uh, calling it a day for Utah State. But, Brock, thanks for coming down. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, just what uh, – I know that it can't be an easy announcement to make, right? I mean, you've been at Utah State for a long time, but to finally say you're, you're done with basketball, what was that process like and how hard was that for you? Yeah, you know, it was it was a tough process, obviously, and but my current situation with my health, um, it wasn't as hard as, you know, I thought that it was going to be physically. Um, you know, I've taken a beating on my body the last year and a half or so, and throughout the course of my career, I've battled injuries and stuff. So physically, it was a pretty easy decision, but mentally and emotionally, it is kind of tough to let go because I've been playing basketball for. 20 years about um you know i'm 25 years old and it's been a big part of my life so obviously a new new change it's a new adjustment new way of life it's it's definitely tough but the process getting here has been just a lot of a lot of uh chats and talks with doctors coaches and bailey and my family and it's just as wise for me to to stop physically so that i can keep doing you know things that i need to do as a normal person and not not mess it up so you know physically easy emotionally and mentally it's it's pretty tough but also kind of excited and looking forward to what's next and it started last year if i'm not mistaken didn't it yeah it did so last last year we had a there was a covid outbreak where wyoming you know those guys had covid and we couldn't play them so we had a week stretch of practice and by the tail end of that practice, uh, right up until we went to Boise State to play them twice, my back gave out that practice the day we left. 
And so, I mean, I couldn't walk. Um, and it was a situation where I haven't felt that much pain in a long time uh, in my back. I mean, I, I wasn't even able to put my socks and shoes on. Uh, the trainer had to do that for me for practices and shoot arounds. And I mean, I didn't even shoot around going into the game or practice, and I didn't practice the rest of the year. I would just show up and play, you know, 30 minutes twice a week uh, for the rest of the year. And uh, with with the back injury, so holy smokes! Wait, yeah. time out. You you weren't practicing, but you'd come in and still play thirty or so minutes of. Are you serious? Yeah. So like I didn't. I mean, we kept it kind of you know confidential and not you know disclose any of that to the conference because we didn't want people knowing how bad my back was. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't practice, and um, you know, I would just do rehab throughout the whole time of practice and you know had to wake up early I'd have to do treatment before and after um, and then you know I would just get a good warm up in before a game and play you 30 minutes playing a game. Yeah, play the game I had no idea so Brock. what was so yeah. you'd go through week just receiving treatment and not practicing yep. you'd play a game what was it like immediately after a game <laughs> like how were you like even functioning after a game yeah it was hard to get out of bed the next morning uh hard to move uh, it it um it was it was a tough situation and i you know i just figured whether i played good or bad i stretched the floor and during that time with Nimi and stuff he needed needed help with someone to space the floor so my goal even if percentages or points or whatever dropped the most important thing was helping the team win and my value was just to stretch the floor so I would just go in and just try to do that, and that's all I could do the rest of that season last year. But I personally, looking back at it, I probably shouldn't have played, uh, but I did anyways, and I'm glad we did. We made it to March Madness last year. So, um, you know, going into that and with my back injury, going to this off season, and my off season, you know, didn't start. Um, I didn't start workouts or doing live stuff until uh, middle of September. So I took the whole summer off and didn't do anything. I didn't really get to have an off season, and Coach Odom came in, and you know he told me you know he's really excited and wanted to keep me around and was willing to work with me. So, got to a point where I got up to about you know 65 percent, um, 60 65 percent to the beginning of the year uh, this year, and so you know I was able to make it through. I don't even know how many games I was able to get in. I think like half the year this year. So. Did you feel like that percentage of health went down as you were playing game by game? Yeah, and I was able to maintain it, you know, decent throughout the course of the season. But, I mean, you know, even that Oklahoma game at Myrtle Beach, I had I got taken out and I had to do rehab uh, outside during the middle of the game because I had pain going through my back. And then I was able to come in, luckily, and finish the game. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been dealing with that and – I mean, I had, that's why I sat out the Portland State game before Christmas, came back, and I had no business playing at Air Force physically. That was a bad situation. And so, you know, I told coach, I was like, I can't function right now. And so I, that's why I took that six, seven week break in the middle of the, the season before I came back and just tried to go for it again. How did you so, feel going into the tournament? Um, which tournament? Sorry, Mount West Conference tournament. Mount West Con- yeah, not good. I wasn't good physically. Uh, and I mean, you just haven't been, and it just was at a point to where, like, you know, talking to the doctors too, I mean, it, they mentioned it was a very, very low risk of making my back worse. It was just of managing the pain. 
mm. level. So it was just excruciating pain, things I went through. But um, at the end of the day, you know, as far as leadership opportunity and things I could do off the court, I just took advantage of that opportunity to try to help the guys as much as I could, um, you know, with communication, leadership, and sharing experience and kind of just being there for them uh, as much as I can. But, you know, props to Coach Odom and his staff. They they were really good to me and uh, were able to kind of give me that, that opportunity to just be be a part of it. Bro, can, sorry, Eric. Can I just ask – with that now knowing what you went through because i had no clue and i don't know if you did eric either but knowing that now and with what the you guys don't you know you hear everything social media whatever the people or fans are saying about you did that bother you at all like you're like guys i'm playing on a broken back like i'm pretty much broken half right now did that bother you I mean, no. They, I mean, fans have the right to be upset if they want to be. I mean, we Utah State, we have a winning culture, and fans love winning, and I love winning too. So I don't, I don't blame them. I've I've been criticized my whole career, but I've also had a lot of support as well. So it's almost like you either hate me or you love me, <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> and so, you know, I. But the main thing is, at the end of the day, what I what I'm happy about, and like you, like you said, does it bother me? No. And why is because you know I've been part of teams that have won. You know, we've had two conference championships, one regular season championship, multiple co- uh, different tournament championships. You know, we've had great runs, three March Madness appearances. If it weren't for COVID, that one year, which I thought we would have won a few games and made a run. Um, and then, obviously, even making it to the NIT this year, you know, with a new coach, new team, with a huge turnover. I mean, that's what I'm most proud of is winning and just being part of that. And that's what matters to me the most and all the criticism and stuff. I mean, it is what it is, you know. And it, I would rather have criticism or critics than not to have anything of people who don't care about the university. So yeah, great answer, great attitude. Again, we're talking to Brock Miller, uh, Aggie basketball player who's had a great career at USU. And uh, when you took to social media to say thank you and make your announcement, uh, one part of it really stuck out to me, and it was in this middle section. You thank Coach Morrill, Coach Jones for helping you become an Aggie. Then you thank Coach Durier, Coach Smith, and Coach Odom. Uh, for helping you become the player and person that you've become. That's a lot of different head coaches it is. Uh, that are involved. <laughs> and yes. just, that just illustrates the just kind of transition of period that we've seen at Utah State for a little bit of time here. And mm-hmm. you've been in the thick of all of that. And yes, it's, I have. But through all that, though, there's still, as you said earlier, there's still a standard of winning and, and success here at Utah State. Right. And, I mean, looking back at it, obviously, so Rylan, Chris Jones, Rylan's dad, was, the was you know, an assistant here and he's the one that got me here with Stu Morrow I committed to Stu Stu, Stu leaves while I'm on my mission come back Durier is my coach for one year Durier leaves then Smith comes in so then my career kind of began there but I mean I just think about when I first got here and even talking with Sam and Abel and these guys and Diogo I mean we we weren't filling up the spectrum at all that first season that I was back I was back to 18 or 17 18 I think or 18 19 uh, it, I've been here forever, but uh, <laughs> it's all blur. Yeah, it's all blur now. <laughs> but I mean, we we are hardly filling up the student section and people, and I mean, we just haven't been winning at the time. And you know, one of our biggest goals was, you know, how how in the world are we going to bring the Spectrum Magic back? 
Like that's the biggest thing, and it was easy answer is winning. So how are we going to win? And we were able to turn it around, and uh, you know it was fun to be a part of that with the guys and to be on such great teams with such great coaches. Um, the cool part about playing for different coaches is you learn so many different cool qualities about each one of them. Um, but also it is kind of tough having a new transition because you also have trainers, strength coaches, all the assistants, uh, everything is just totally new. So the adjustment is, you know, it's, I've been in the thick and thin of it all. Um, but luckily, uh, I've had opportunities to kind of help turn this thing around and hopefully we can, uh, maintain it. I'm confident coach Odom's going to be able to do that. You've always been such a, a class guy, but I want you to be honest with me here. When you're on your mission and Stu Morrill steps down, Tim Dury's named the head coach, was there any thought in your head of maybe I should transfer, go somewhere else? Because I, I committed to Stu, as you said. Mm-hmm. But then Tim Dury's the head coach. Was there any thought to go somewhere else? What was your thought process in that regard? You know, I knew Coach Dury, um, you know, even before my mission. And when Stu Morrill first stepped down and I wasn't sure who the coach was, you know, I, I I was still on my mission, and I didn't want to, like, worry too much about it. Uh, quite honestly, I didn't really put too much thought in it. But, you know, my dad and I were talking, and, yeah, we're thinking about maybe when I come back, kind of just keep my recruiting open, um, but just to wait and see who the new coach was going to be. And then when I heard it was Coach Jurier, um, you know, I was just like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I'll stay and play that. I mean, him and uh, Coach Spencer Nelson, uh, they – you know, were Skype. I think it was Skype, not Zoom. I want to yeah, say Zoom, Skype, but it's yeah. not Zoom anymore. Zoom wasn't yeah. really good. Yeah, it was that Skype. Did. So they Skyped me in Argentina, and, you know, we had a good talk and said, you know, we want to keep you. We really want you bad. And, you know, I knew Sam was, was obviously going to stay and Abel and those guys. So I was just like, you know what, why not? Why not stay and try it out, you know, and uh, and see how it goes. So I did, and I'm glad that I chose to stay in Aggie. Uh, Brock, i got to ask you about Social media, yeah. Be smooth. Yeah. How did yeah. you come up with your Twitter handle? <laughs> That's hilarious. That happened back in like middle school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, I haven't changed it since. I mean, I've I've had so many nicknames with my alopecia that I have. I mean, be smooth, bald eagle. You know, obviously now Mr. Clean. That's a good one, uh, which is a great one. Still to this day. So many, and I just loved loved be smooth. So I just haven't changed it since middle school. <laughs> So the your Aggie career is now officially done. I mean, you yep. had this opportunity for an extra year because of COVID, which is weird. I mean, how many years? Some Should have gotten get my doctorate. Play. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> extra time in, you know, on campus. But so what's what's next? I mean, basketball is now done. But yeah, what's what's next for you and your family and, and turning to life after basketball? Well, got to find a job, start making money. So. Um, you know, first things first, we're going to stick around in the Valley for at least another year. We want, we love Logan, Bailey and I, and our family. We love being here. Uh, we love the people. So, and we have opportunities here. So we'll, I'll go ahead and I'll work for EP Wealth with Brady Jardine um, here in the next month or so. And then I'll also be doing a side business, a golf simulator called Lynx Indoor Golf. Uh, we're launching first week of June. Uh, this summer, actually, we'll have four golf simulator bays just right on Main Street across from the Harley-Davidson store. So I'll be doing those two businesses um, and working that way and kind of just being around here and still doing stuff for people with alopecia as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, that's a big deal to me. 
Um, so yeah, and then we'll just be living here in the valley and come to some games next year and um, and just enjoy enjoy life moving forward that way. And obviously, you know, is getting as healthy as I can now without pounding my back into the ground and uh, on the on the hardwood. So uh, I'll be doing a lot of rehab and just kind of getting to where I can. I can golf and and do the things that I love doing with my family and try to stay out. I swear I hate this program. Dude, I don't know how that, yeah. Anyway, that's part one of our interview with Brock Miller. Uh, More of that coming up next after this quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. Hi, this is Ashley with LSS Insurance. Wondering how and where to sign up for Medicare? We can help. We will get you all the information you need. Call 752-9493. Here at LSS, we focus solely on health insurance. As your local health insurance agency, we're here for you now and in the years to come. There's no cost to work with us. Medicare doesn't have to be confusing. Let us make things clear. Call 752-9493. Your friends at Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center will be moving to their new office location during the entire week of April 11th. On Monday, April 18th, Drs. Binion, Blotter, and Robinette, along with the entire staff, look forward to welcoming you to their new office at 2245 North, 400 East, North Logan. Please be patient as the entire staff will be moving during the week of April 11th to be open at the new location on April 18th. Go to Cache Valley ENT for details. Spring is here. It's time to get your ride ready for the trails. Stop into Torque Motorsports. Torque Motorsports. To get your biker side-by-side prepped for summer. Torque has over $20,000 in inventory, including tires, helmets, and accessories. If you have a side-by-side, road bike, dirt bike, or four-wheeler, go see Torque Motorsports. Torque Motorsports. They'll get you back on the trails faster. Torque Motorsports. 10th West, across from Maverick. Online at TorqueMotorsportsUtah.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mount West Motor invites you in helping the uh, team drive change in our community. Each month, Mount West Motor will select a local nonprofit or cause to donate funds to. We can all drive change by helping those in need. Visit Mountain West Motor and explore your next adventure with a newly customized truck or SUV. Visit MWMotor.com or stop by their new location, 615 North Main Street in Logan. A big thanks to Mountain West Motor for being a part of today's show. And, hey, part one of Brock Miller, really good. Part two is really even better. Go down memory lane with you, but before we do, golf simulator. Like, like in like indoor golf, like outdoor golf, or like how is this... Yeah, so the name of it's Links Indoor Golf. So it's an indoor golf facility to where people can come in and get a membership or pay hourly, and they can come in and uh, and golf. You know, anytime anytime they want to, there'll be a passcode with the membership. They can come in and golf. You know, whether it's two in the morning or three in the afternoon, <laughs> uh, it'll be a fun fun deal. I, I figured, you know, in in Logan uh, during the winter, there can be a lot of times where there's not much to do. And so I know that there's a lot of people that love golfing and also love just hanging out and being social. So we'll have a lot of TVs, soda machine, and different things there too where families and people can come and have a good time during the winter time when it's cold. So uh, it'll be a fun business and a fun opportunity as well for um, people that haven't golfed. I mean, I think about our golf team as well. They have a hard time with weather. 
you know, and uh, also high school golf teams here in the Valley have a tough time with weather because it gets so cold in Logan. So it's also providing opportunities for golfers to have an indoor facility uh, outside of weather to be able to come in and work on their game as well. So, but it can also be kind of a top golf of Logan in a way too, because there's a lot of fun games that families can just come and play and they don't have to actually play 18 holes of golf on the simulator. So yeah, it'll just be a fun, fun family and, uh, and professional business. That's pretty awesome. Nothing opens up. I'm I'm there. That's that's all. I, yep. I suck you at need, golf. Right after Memorial Day, I suck at golf really badly. But I'll 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 be good by the end. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll be we're hiring pros, people to come in and teach lessons. So are you really? Yeah, you guys can come in and get some lessons oh, and uh, work on your you game and get good. Team, so quit looking at me like you're all good. <laughs> Eric and Ajay be coming in. So. Stop it. First week, first week of June, we launched. That's a lot of work. No, that's great. Yeah. Congratulations on yeah, that. That's thank awesome, Brock. We're, we're happy for you. Yeah, we're hey, excited. Can we go down memory lane really quickly with yeah, you for a little it. bit? Uh, yeah. You had, an, like Eric said, an incredible career, really memorable. Um, I, I hate to skip that Tim Dury year, but I'm going to so we can get to the, the good stuff. But Kay. your first Mountain West Conference Championship, you mm-hmm. guys run through. You guys get through New Mexico. I shouldn't say run through. Get through New Mexico. Yeah. Get to Barely. the championship, face San Diego State, which who know? I mean, who would have thought? First of three matchups in the same game in the Mount West title. How cool is it to win your first Mount West Conference championship with Sam and all your good friends? And what was that opportunity like? It was so cool. Well, we were predicted to take ninth yeah, in conference that's right. that year. Yeah. No one, no one thought we even had a chance. Like not even close. I mean, the only people that, honestly, the only people that believed that we were going to win was the coaches and us players. That was it. I would agree. That was it. No one, no one believed in, and rightfully so. I mean, we just have been finishing middle bottom of the Mountain West for the last however many years. And, uh, you know, obviously the transition to the Mountain West was tough on Utah State, going from the WAC to the Mountain West. So we've had issues there. So, I mean, with Smith coming in and us knowing and our desires of wanting to win, it was really sweet what we were able to accomplish. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, even thinking about just going up until that conference tournament, we beat number 12 in the country, Nevada, at home. That's right. On senior that was, night. That's right. You know, that's when Bean was crowd surfing and doing his thing. We're at number 12. I mean, young Bean and, you know, <laughs> Quinn, Quinn Taylor's uh, senior year. And, I mean, we go and we split. So we actually won the regular season as well, which was cool, too. I mean, we no one gave us the trophy. No one thought we were going to win. Nevada got the trophy and all that stuff, which was kind of a bust. But, we we cut down nets at the spectrum and you know it was still that thing of you know we haven't earned the respect yet so we went in with an edge still in that conference tournament and we were able to come up with some huge wins i mean that new mexico game came down to the wire uh, sam had like four fouls with like the 9 minutes with, left like wasn't 9 it? minutes left yes. in the game Honestly, those re- I I never blame refs, but I mean they, those are some crappy calls. And they, they, I mean he he nine minutes left, four thousand still come away, and he, he took over, and <laughs> you know Sam doing Sam things. But I mean it's just it was incredible. And then we totally thought that we were going to play Nevada again, most likely, because I mean being number twelve in the country, you know yeah. you'd, you'd think that them being on the other side of the bracket, they would make it to the championship. But San Diego State was good, and they took it to him and we matched up with them and and we were able to come away with the victory there which was an incredible feeling you know it was kind of it was kind of one of those feelings like man we haven't won for a long time we've been wanting to turn it around we've been through this we've only believed in ourselves so it was extra sweet 
when we got to that, and we proved a lot of people wrong. Do you remember after the Nevada game, the fire extinguisher incident? Did you ever, Were you guys inside the locker room, or where were you when that all happened? Well, Bean was crowd surfing, so he doesn't know anything that happened. So <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to him about that. Uh, no, so, I mean, we go up to the locker room, and uh, it happened before he, he punched the fire extinguisher, Jordan did, before I got up to the locker room. But when I went up there, there were multiple guys close, kind of where the fire extinguisher was to the door of the locker room. Was That's where how far distant I was from all them. So I just got in the locker room and, you know, Abel came in and made sure everyone and crew, making sure everyone, like, hey, like, stay inside, stay in the locker room. Like, they want to fight, you know, and go at it. So it was, it was kind of a crazy deal. Our strength coach went out there and kind of, calm things down a little bit but uh i don't know what happened if someone actually said something or whatever i don't know what the reason was um but yeah that was a crazy incident and you know bean comes up and he's like oh what happened <laughs> so, it, was, it, was, it was pretty funny but yeah that was a crazy it was a crazy deal it was a crazy game but man what a fun game to win do you have other games that, uh, or, or maybe not necessarily games, but moments in games that really stand out to you when you reflect back on your career at Utah State? Uh, I just think about Oklahoma this season. That was really cool. Uh, I thought, you know, again, it's the same situation. You know, we had Nimi leave, Marco Raleigh left, Alfonso left, other guys left, Coach Smith left, come in, new coach. You know, I think it was me, Steven, Justin – and Trevin and like a couple other guys that were kind of returning to the <clears throat> same team that went to March Madness the previous year. We go in pretty early in the season. You know, we go to double overtime with Princeton, you know, and then we, we beat New Mexico State pretty well, who won a game in March Madness. Yeah. And then we also beat Richmond the previous, who also won a game in March Madness. And then we go and we beat a good Oklahoma team for for a title there at Myrtle Beach and that was that was an awesome experience. Another one was Jamaica, uh, mm-hmm. Sam senior year, and uh, we go we beat Florida and, and LSU, which was a, which was a really cool. No, I don't think we we didn't beat. It was the Orange Bowl Classic was Florida, um, LSU, and I forget the the team before. Was it, wasn't South Florida, was it? Because you guys went from oh it was South Florida. It was South, South Florida. Florida. So South Florida, and then we played LS, LSU and beat LSU. Is that when you that. went from the Toyota Center to Florida to go play two straight games? Was that that trip, that long trip? You yeah, played it was in that, Houston, and then when you went to Florida and played in the Orange Bowl Classic. Was yeah, that, and that, that was that was against Florida, but I'm not talking about that. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about when we went to Jamaica. Yeah, and that was after we went. Okay. To that long okay, stretch, gotcha. so we went to the long stretch and we came back. I think we had like one or two home games, then we flew out to Jamaica. <laughs> so it was that was a cool experience. Was too. that the Diogo Burrito post game, riding the little dinosaur or whatever? That was in the uh, conference. That was in the conference tournament. I think Diogo's. Let's freaking go. Senior year. Was that his senior year? Yeah, that might have been senior year. I think I, I want to say it was in Jamaica. There was like some like dinosaur. Oh, yeah, it was, like ja- it was Jamaica. That was against oh, yeah, the yeah, like dinosaur. Game. Like he was the vocal point of the. I remember your SID uh, yeah. called him. was like, yeah. does anybody know what happened here? Well, I'll <laughs> tell you what happened is Diogo had a monster dunk against LSU. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. And he played really well that game. And we made a huge. I think we're down like 20 at halftime. Came back and won. So. You know, Diogo did that. Fans, people can be like, why did he do that? But my man had a nasty dunk, and we came back from 20, so he can do what he wants. 
<laughs> so that was that was a fun memory. And then again, that second, uh, you know, Mount West Championship, Sam hitting that shot, that whole tournament. I mean, what do you average? Like thirty, probably like yeah. twenty-seven something. And uh, you know, winning that cut down nets twice in a row was pretty awesome. And then you know, obviously one one game that I really loved was uh, okay. I didn't really love, but for me personally, I had a lot of fun playing against Washington. Uh, oh, that, yeah. that, uh, my freshman year, you know, I felt like I had a pretty decent game overall as a team. We didn't play that well, um, but it was so fun to have North Carolina fans, you know, cheering Rooting for us for you guys, yeah. and having a huge atmosphere of March Madness before COVID. I mean, win or lose that game, it wasn't a great game as a team collectively, but I had so much fun on that trip. That was that was a cool taste of what it was, and it kind of set the standard to me and and to the rest of the guys is like we don't want anything less than that every year you know we want to win we want to be in the tournament i mean we don't want to go to nit we want to be in the tournament and so you know that memory of getting there and winning that first championship set the standard for the next few years of you know it changed the whole dynamic of it obviously we worked work toward it and then we got there and it's like all right how are we going to stay here so i think that was a pivotal moment eric brought up a great point one time he said one of the most saddest years in usu men's basketball history is the tournament that you didn't get to go to in 2020 oh man when you guys had won the tournament that second year you were loaded you were deep you were confident and then the tournament gets canceled what was that moment like when you guys found out you guys wouldn't be complaining in the NCAA tournament? That was a tough moment. I mean, I just – I remember we were on our way to practice and, you know, thinking there's still a chance that – you know, because Coach Smith was like, hey, it's like if there's no fans, would you guys still be down to play? And we're like, yeah, duh, obviously we'll play without fans. It's not the same, but we'll, we'll still play. It's March Madness, you know. So, you know, we're going thinking that there's still hope and a chance. And then we get a text right before we get to the locker room. says, season's over, meeting on the floor. So I changed out of my practice gear. We went down and we had a meeting and a lot of tears and a lot of disappointment. Um, and I, you know, for me, I was just like, you know, I still have a couple of years left. I felt extremely bad for, you know, Sam, Diogo, and Abel. Uh, you know, especially... You know, the way Sam was playing, too, and, you know, <laughs> Nimi and those guys and everyone, I mean, we for sure were going to make a run. I had no doubt in my mind we were going to make a run, and it's, it's easy to say that because we didn't play, but I truly believe that. And, uh, I mean, we just – we had a great team that year. And so it was unfortunate, but it is what it is. And so, you know, and, you know, I just – again, just thinking about Sam Abel and Diogo and those guys, I mean, it's just – I thought it was a lot tougher on them, <laughs> even though it was tough on us. Oh. Again, we're talking to Brock Miller, a uh, great basketball player at Utah State who's been an Aggie for a long time. Uh, and uh, outside of basketball, we, we spoke to you, it was earlier this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we did talk about, about kind it. of a passion project that you mm-hmm. have, and you alluded to it as well, about uh, helping kids with alopecia, and yeah. particularly youth, right, and giving them opportunities and making sure they know, like, hey, you can still do a lot of cool stuff. And it, it's shouldn't define you and to talk about how that's progressing and what you're involved with there yeah you know i've i felt uh not too long ago about two two years ago probably year and a half two years i just been thinking about i was thinking about my experiences as a youth growing up and with alopecia and the different situations and things i went through and how social media has evolved and how it can be a nasty world out there too for 
kids that are quote unquote different uh, from the general you know people in everyday life and uh you know alopecia is one of those things that people aren't really aware of either um you know for example you know my wife had no clue what alopecia was until she met me um and you know a lot of people will assume that you know i have some sort of cancer or some sort of different um you know illness uh that's not alopecia i mean it's just one of those things that people don't don't know much about and it, you know, and people have, you know, watched me on TV and with these games and stuff that have reached out to me through Facebook that have said, hey, like, thanks for what you do. My kid has alopecia. He's having a hard time. Could we talk to you sometime? And so I had a few kids come up to some games um, and spend time with me, had pregame meal with me. Uh, one of them was a male, so he was able to come in the locker room and stuff and meet the guys and he was down there for warm-ups and you know that started to kind of hit me that I had an opportunity to help kids out and so from that time and those experiences I decided to get on social media and start a page called alopecia family and to try to connect and build a family unit to where people can find help you know I went to a, went to lunch with a kid um, about a year ago and He'd been going through a hard time and hadn't met anybody with alopecia like like he does. And to me, that blows my mind with the internet and with the access that we have today. Is I, I wondered how in the world did he not find somebody to connect with? So that was my whole idea is how can I be that bridge for kids and people, even older people that have it, you know? And so whether I can affect one person or thousands, whatever it is, or hundreds, it doesn't matter as long as I just can help in any way. So that's what I've, I've created the page. We've got close to, I think, 300 followers about in a year, which has been fun. And I've had a lot of cool articles on it. And, and a lot of people have reached out. And, you know, I've I've put out some uh, merch merchandise that has like an alopecia logo on it that people can buy. And what I'll do with the money that I make is I'm going to do a, an event this summer. So I'll invite a lot of people with uh, alopecia to come and just have fun and get together, get to know each other type of thing this summer. So I'm also doing that. Um, you know, just a lot of fun things, but I've been able to connect with so many people and it's it's made me realize that that's what life's all about is giving, you know, and giving back and, and helping and using your talents for good. And so that's that was my goal with basketball. You know, that's my approach to it is be the best that I can be, help Utah State win, help my team win, and help other people. So that's the approach I took. Very cool. And, and alopecia in the news this past week with yeah, the whole Will Smith, deal. Jada Smith thing. Was, so. Yeah, I talked to Dave with KSL about it too the other day. Crazy um, deal. Well, Brock, before we let you go, before I set you free, uh, give you a chance to thank anybody you want to thank right now here and send a message to them, and, and then we'll, uh, yeah. we'll call good. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll, I just want to first thank my wife, Bailey, for her support. Uh, and my new little baby boy and uh, grateful he was able to come to the last game against Oregon and see dad hit a shot. So that's pretty cool, cool, actually. Pretty cool. Very cool. Um, you know, thankful for her. I mean, she just, just thinking about the hours that I would spend with my back every day. I mean, I was eight, nine hours a day, probably between rehab, practice, rehab. And she was so supportive and willing to help me while being pregnant and going through the stuff that she was going through and me not being around and doing all these things. And she's just, has been awesome. 
and so I couldn't have done it without her. You know, I got to thank my family, obviously. Um, you know, I've come from a rich tradition of basketball in the Miller family, and they've helped me every step of the way. Uh, you know, like I said in my announcement, all the coaches that have helped me get here and have helped me throughout my career, thank you guys for that. Fans, thank you for everything. Um, you know, just grateful for the Spectrum Magic. That's that's one of the main reasons, probably 70% of the reason why I came, honestly, is for the fans here. I loved it. When I grew up, in, I'm a local guy from from Utah, so coming up and watching games, I mean, it's just – it was awesome. So I can't thank you guys enough in the community for being so kind and coming up to Bailey and I at restaurants and different places and saying hi and for all your support. And to you guys, all the media, the administration at Utah State, athletic department, I mean, everybody really just had so much thanks and gratitude for such a fun career. It's been, it's been so fun and excited to kind of be around still and, and still, you know, be be relevant here in the Valley and to help in any way that I can and um, enjoy people and, and help with, uh, even if it's helping with recruiting, you know, with the new business or whatever it is, you know, just uh, I'm an Aggie for life. I love the Aggies. Brock, we can't tell you much, and we appreciate you and what you meant to Aggie Nation and your class and integrity and, and the way you've always dealt with adversity. Like I said, it's just been incredible to watch and the great basketball player on the court, better human off the court, no doubt. So thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate your guys' time today. Absolutely. Thanks, Brock. West Point Dairy Products at Hiram is hiring. West Point Dairy Products has been manufacturing high-quality butter for over 25 years in Cache Valley. They're currently expanding and want you on their growing team. West Point Dairy Products offers competitive wages for entry-level positions starting at $18 per hour, full benefit packages, double time on Sundays, a $2,000 sign-on bonus, and tremendous opportunities for growth. For immediate consideration, call Express Employment Professionals at 435-213-9595. It's happened to us all. Red punch, nail polish, coffee or paint. This is how with Northern Utah Chem Dry. What you don't realize is using your own methods can potentially lock in stains within the carpet. ChemDry's patented stain removal solutions have successfully removed stains all over Cass Valley. If we can't get it out, no one can. So next time you spill, call ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you $400 for every junk vehicle. Junk cars haven't been worth a guaranteed $400 in 15 years. DD Auto and Salvage will pick up your junk vehicle for free and pay you $400. Clean up the farm, haul away the junk, and get big bucks today. Call DD Auto Salvage at 787-1204. That's 787-1204. For pickup of your junk vehicles today. Every vehicle is worth $400. DD Auto and Salvage. Call 787-1204. See store for details. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric France and Andre Salveson. 
Really big shout-out to Brock Miller for his time today. We thought we were going to go maybe 10, 15 minutes and win a full 30. Very gracious with his time. That was great insight about his career at Utah State. It was awesome. Spanning multiple coaches. It's crazy. And a high level of success as well. And just how that injury just really affected his yeah, life. ruined it, yeah. Ruined, ruined his body. But, you know, glad Frimley's able to get through it. You know, he's still able to be a dad and, and do dad things now. And um, that's, that's the most important part. So, happy for Brock. And uh, I'm sure he's kind of relieved it's all over. He doesn't have to do it again <laughs> to yes. an extent. Uh, we also need to mention this, too. A really interesting piece put together by Taylor oh, Franson yes. on uh, CashValleyDaily.com. Uh, the headline is commentary. It's a commentary. But... The, uh, the question is, real fans or male fans only? And she's she is a an Aggie through and through, a multi-generational Aggie, um, played uh, for the women's basketball team. And it basically, it's a plea to, to fans. Like, you show out for the men's teams, but could you show us a little bit of support? Because we're doing some good things, too. Yep. Yep, a little bit of support for the women's team. She's got great quotes from players as well, current and former. She's uh, and the, that's a gal who is. Listen, you you read the article. We you need to know two things. One, she absolutely loves Utah State University. She loves to be an Aggie. Her dad's a Hall of Famer in the Utah State Athletics. She loves being an Aggie. She loves playing the game of basketball. Absolutely, no question, no doubt about that. Um, it's a great opinion piece. I love it. I think I, I love it. I've seen where to get a player's point of view is so is so valuable, Eric, and can be so eye opening. I, I I love that she did it. Yeah, really interesting read. Um, and uh, it, it's it, it's not something short. Like she put time, no and heart, yeah. and energy in this. Absolutely, it's definitely she did. worth looking at. Uh, and and considering like if if you haven't been going to uh, some of these women athletic events, uh, just. It's a good reflection, like, you know, why? What, what's preventing you from doing that? Uh, because they're doing some pretty good things, too. But there, we hear a lot of talk, especially now in the midst of the women's Final Four, about equity, trying to make things you know, a little more balanced and provide opportunities. Uh, and it's, uh, it's an interesting time right now uh, about trying to shed some light on the good things that are going on in other sports besides football and men's basketball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a really good piece, very uh, very timely for what's going on as well. So I encourage you to go check that out and um, share your opinions on that. Uh, there's already somebody on the comments section that's saying that well, they don't go to, to girls' sports, women's sports, because they think it's boring. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. But you know, there's definitely a different style of play. But you know, what are you looking for? Um, so... She's not trying to shame people. Uh, she's just trying to illustrate that, look, there's exciting players. There's exciting achievements going on. And this is our point of view from, from an athlete perspective. It's really interesting. Really it's interesting cool. to get huh. the athlete perspective. Get opening perspective. Yeah. Yep. Hey, who's your prediction? Final four. We're going to have the national championship Monday. Who comes out? Uh, I'm going to say the, the championship game will be between, uh, I'm going to say Duke and Kansas. So you going against your pick six, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I did it. I caught you. Yes, I did it. Uh, I'm going to go Duke and Villanova. I like Jay Wright, man. That team's got experience. 
I think it's I think it's Duke and Villanova. I, I just think Kansas, the, the way that they've gone through teams with a buzzsaw through the tournament, uh, I, I just there's a lot of attention and emotion on what's going on with Duke, North Carolina. But I think Kansas is just going out there winning games. So I, I'm I'm going to go with Kansas. I like their odds a little bit better. But either way, this is a really fun Final Four for both the men and the women. Yeah, absolutely. Should be good. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday.